Thank you for listening to the Wannabes Podcast. This is a show where myself, JD, and Wasabi, two power-ranked New York City Super Smash Brothers Melee players, document and discuss our experiences as competitive tryhards. If you like what you hear, give us a follow on Twitter at the Wannabes Pod. We post all of our episodes there, and we have a link to our Discord where you can ask questions, and we will answer them. That's enough of that. Let's get to the show. This is the Wannabes Podcast. My name is JD. What's up, guys? My name is Will. And we have not a lot to talk about this week. (laughs) Nothing uh, too major in terms of developments, but look, I'm just happy to kind of meet up with you at the end of the week kind of see how you're doing catch up a little bit who knows what we'll talk about man there's always always the exciting possibility of delving into our psyches and figuring something out that makes our ledge dashes better i don't know what are we aiming for here what's going on man how you doing yeah i'm doing good i mean again sort of slow week kind of you know, working on some job stuff, had some family stuff pop up and stuff that I had to like put more focus to. Um, but besides that, you know, been able to play Melee again. Um, I actually got my controller fixed by Typo. So shout outs to, uh, yeah, so he just like did a favor and like looked at it, thankfully. So I got my main controller back and running, now we have, which is exciting. We both have Typo controllers. Look at that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Definitely miss him. Definitely miss him but you know he's grinding doing the work stuff so the adult stuff so that's hype for him yeah and then besides that yeah just been playing melee i went over played with hacks on friday and then went to the smash house played with jib and and vino and stuff and i got a lot of good practice in and that's really been the theme lately i haven't really been entering tournaments and uh you know, I said, you know, with our last episode that I would be probably focusing more on the off season, but, you know, I've thought about it more and I really like that idea and I want to expand on it more. Oh, cause okay. yeah. Cause like the off season isn't like, a. the funny thing is it's not, it doesn't feel like inherently like a rest period. Right. It just means that it's like more of like a moving away from focusing on like getting the tournament results but rather gearing up for 2020 you know right 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 right. like i have a pile of stuff that i like know i need to work on and tackle and like that's like clearly the priority than like eking out you know a good pr win here and there um and i'm really excited for that that's the thing i'm like super excited to just like play melee try to improve like i played like a five six hour session with hacks on friday that like took a lot out of me but it was super super fun like maybe not yeah probably like four or five hours and i learned a lot there i was able to implement a lot just like constant fox dittos yeah um and that's really what i want going into this season so the big thing i'm debating now is whether you know i go to the mamam regional memorial tournament this weekend the two-day event in massachusetts that g-town is hosting so what's What's in the con column? Because I feel like the pros are pretty obvious. Well, why not go? Yeah, why not go? So one, um, you know, there's been other like personal stuff going on with like my family and stuff. So like, I don't want to be like super distracted by it. And you know, things are things are doing all right now. But you know, it's just like 
still is like a little bit soon. Other thing is like, I feel like it goes against the idea of an off season, right? Like, you know, like on a, on one hand, like the process, I get to play new players and stuff like that, but it's a two day tournament. So that's really it. Con also is like some coworkers invited me to, you know, one of my coworkers invited me to her birthday party, which would be really, really fun to go to. And, and, you know, I would see some coworkers there, make some new friends. Uh, and that, that sounds really, really fun. And then also like having Sunday free to hang out with Pilar would be nice too. So it's more of like a, do I go and like balance that all out? And like, the thing is like Saturday before the birthday party, I can go to like Deer Man's and play for like 12 hours there. It's just whether I really want to go to this specific tournament or not. Because I think it's going to be like the last big tournament of 2019, at least on the East Coast, it seems. And what are you leaning towards? Yeah, so what I'm I'm leaning towards still... I'm leaning towards missing it, actually. Okay. You know, I think the reason why is because I know my tendency is to go to it. And that's like... But I want to, you know... I don't know if I'll have like major FOMO from it because like the attendee list is nice. I'll tell you that. Um, there's a 1K pot bonus also on top of it, but um, so it attracted a lot of people. But you know, I think I really want to like if I'm thinking of myself like what are my goals in the next few months as I gear up for probably Genesis, right? And it's and I really want to focus on my play, and I feel like it's too early for in this like whole new sort of like establishing of like the new routine and sort of mindset for the next few months that like if i go back to like my old ways it will easy it will be easy to like slip back yeah like i'm still even hesitant of going to like the hacks local for that reason like like not like i go for fun and like i'll play friendlies but like to enter the tournament and granted like i didn't enter a tournament for the last few weeks because of like sickness and and busy at work and stuff like that but, you know, nonetheless, I, I haven't entered. So I'm really sort of trying to, like, weigh the options there. It's interesting. I think it's it's telling your approach to all this is it's very funny. Not a criticism, by the way, but it's very funny, like, the way you approach this is still with that level of intensity. Like, choosing <laughs> to make a... Uh, <laughs> like a self-care like ease into this mindset <laughs> transitional decision and you're still like <laughs> bringing this intensity to it it's very funny um so it, it doesn't sound like you're going to be distraught one way or the other which is good like it, it does seem like you're kind of just saying like yeah they're both good options which one's best um and the implications of it are very interesting. I, I agree with you that it kind of goes against what you're trying to set up if you were to go to this tournament. And so maybe it might be just a good kind of trial to let this one go, enjoy everything else, and then just being able to still give yourself the space to be like, yeah, okay, just because I missed this tournament doesn't mean I'm not doing things to improve. Like, Taking that, I, th I think the perfect middle ground is, like you said, taking that Saturday, getting a really good session with Beer Man. You know, it's like best of both worlds. Less travel, mm -hmm. um, better, you know, you, you'll get better sleep. Is it a two day tournament? It's a two day tournament, also. That's the big yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I'm, I would, 
I would lean towards not going also, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a bit of a commitment. Um, but it is really enticing. I mean, who, who are some of the top seeds? Uh, it's like, it's, it's players like Slocks and Calvar, Toussaint, um, Nagy, Panos, like all those guys are going out there. Um, let me see if I can pull up the attendee list really quickly. Yeah. And while you do like, yeah, sick names already. That's definitely the type of regional that like really has a lot of juice to it and you could go and kind of take some names and stuff. But what you think about like the overall implications of going to this and I know it's not completely healthy to think about rankings and, you know, top hundred or all this stuff, but you know, it's probably the worst time of the year to, to seek the wins. And so that, that kind of takes a little bit of, uh, of meaning out of going and it's more of just like okay this this would be a sick tournament it'd be a lot of fun a lot of good play um but you could kind of get that here you know so i don't know not trying to tell you what to do but i think i think you kind of know the better decision anyway you know yeah i think i do i mean like also like just to run off a few more names like vortex icy ibdw hacks oh cody's going. going yeah lynn you know everyone from New England, pretty much. Also, ah, I didn't know Cody was Cody was flying in for that, huh? Yeah, it seems like it. Interesting, uh, sniping that shit, I guess. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think you're right about like I I sort of know my answer already. It just sort of feels weird, and I think it's like not even about like the ranking thing because like there's still the new ranking period for like tri-state and New York and stuff. You sure, know, like sure. I think like I'm like a step, you know. I'm not there yet where I'm thinking about like top 100. Like I obviously I want it and stuff, but you know, one step at a time, it's, it's a lot easier to, you know, so first next goal, try state, and then we'll go from there, you know, and if I skip, you know, skip a step and somehow get both at the same time, that'd be super cool, but no rush. Um, But I think the major thing is going, the general like theme is like going to a tournament on your, on your own terms, you know, not as a reaction of like, oh, I should go to this because everyone else is going to this sort of situation. Right. Or I should go for this because like I can snipe some wins or like, you know, like and really going to it. And I'm not really getting that sense right now from it, you know, and right now I, I my focus and, and my motivation is really just improving my gameplay to a point where like, you know, um just really content with it because right now i've been like racking up a list of like stuff that like every time i play hacks or nico or jib or you know vino that i'm like okay like let's incorporate that like let's incorporate something else you know yeah like i was like i popped off super hard last night because the one time like this was like a tip of the day from like kjh's patreon uh shouts to that but like it was like learn to react to like when opponents like with long wave dashes are in shield and then put out like an aerial where the end of their wave dash would be. So like for Marth, Icy, Luigi, those sort of characters, right? And I did that against uh, Venus Marth, and I like it worked, and I got a full punish off of it. But like, you know, I want to incorporate that sort of level stuff to my game, and that's not something that I'll be able to do in a tournament setting yet. Right. That's something that like I need to grind out in friendlies and in twenty XX and both on my own and with people, but. You know that's really the goal of this off season. 
Yeah, and I, I think you nailed it when you said um, when a tournament's good for you, like that's when you should be going to it, you know? And that applies to a lot of different contexts. Like if a lot of times I'm most excited for a tournament when I don't have any opportunity cost to it, when there's not something else planned that I have to choose between or when I'm not, you know, when I'm feeling good about my play or, or whatever, you know? But if there's a tournament and you could kind of pinpoint a few other things you'd want to do instead, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be about melee, you know, it doesn't have to be number one. And especially when it comes down to play, when you're, when you're talking about these new concepts, um, you're right. You don't have to develop every single tournament or every single, you know, gameplay mechanic in tournament necessarily. It's a lot more of a long arc to all these things. And so prioritizing the improvement of your gameplay rather than, you know, making every tournament or whatever, I think that's really healthy. I think that's kind of perfect. Like that's, that's where it should be. And so if this worked out better, if you had no other plans or you were alone for the weekend or something, then you're kind of set up to be like, yeah, okay, I'll go to this tournament in a heartbeat. You know, it worked out. And it doesn't mm -hmm. always have to work out. The hardest thing is um, when the tournament's happening and you look at results and shit, I always kind of get pretty strong FOMO if I'm doing something. And at that moment, it's not as fun as being at a tournament. But, mm -hmm. you know, we all know yeah. grass is always greener. Sometimes you're at a tournament and you're like, ah, I'm tired. <laughs> I want to sleep in my bed, like shit like that. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, I had yeah. the same feeling with East Coast Throwdown. And I wasn't able to make that that because of the concussion, but right. you know, like I definitely know what you mean. But I think it's 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 almost like you have to just you know pick an option and and run with it at this point, you know. Mm -hmm. And and you'll know more, you know, after the fact whether it was the right call or not. But I think just pick it with full confidence is the most important thing. Yeah, and again, just like. I, I think your attitude is, is really healthy because I've heard you talk about tournaments you can't go to before and you would be a little more strained about it and a little more torn up. Um, so I, I, I noticed some, some positive mental uh, leaps that you've made. So that's, that's really good. But mm -hmm. yeah, you're, still, you're still going to you're still going to be moaning the day of the tournament i could tell i know already. yeah <laughs> that's, that's i know always, till the end of time but that's also like a good thing too i guess partially yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like yeah but it's 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 about trying something different right that's that's really the whole generalization right is like do you go back to a ha an old habit or, or do you double down on on the change and I think I'm doubling down on change for sure right now. Yeah. No, for sure. I just realized I'm speaking into my headset microphone. And that's oh, what's really? being recorded on Audacity. Yeah. Oh, I'm, interesting. I'm leaving this in, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Lesson learned for next time. Anyway. Yeah, why not? Yeah, who cares? Who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, man. Anything Anything else on this? Uh, on this topic? No, no. I just really wanted to, like get it out of my head and i kind of feel feel good about this week about just committing to 
yeah, committing to what I what I want to set out to do for this off season. It's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Like off seasons are weird, and with the local, I think it's gonna it's gonna kind of melt together anyway. It's gonna just be this kind of mishmash. Like you're gonna if you want to have a true off season, you're gonna have to kind of put it upon yourself in a way, and and it looks like you're doing that also. You know. Yeah, there's definitely a form of like self regulation and stuff like that. But you know, like the the thing is, is like what's funny is in like sports is that the off season is really where players are are making those improvements yeah and and i'm i'm hoping to copy that you know both for my enjoyment but also yeah just like because that's what seems fun right now right and melee is weird um in the sense that a lot of times when you're on the grind quote unquote and going to tournaments as much as possible and really trying to beat people and you're in that mindset it's not as conducive to learning as you know typical to other sports too but there's a part of melee and we've talked about the the concepts of like ego and how it's important to have you know a small amount of it or confidence you know some would say but when you're in a tournament setting and when you're trying to get that win you need to have faith in yourself and you need to have full conviction and and confidence and all that but being in that mindset doesn't let you reevaluate and and look at your own play critically and so i think it's really valuable to take some time off and just what you're doing is perfect because you're you're still continuing lessons and playing people on the side and, and incorporating things but just the overall mindset of it is you know these the things i'm doing now can and probably are suboptimal sometimes wrong you know, sometimes misguided or whatever, and, and taking that time to really allow yourself to reevaluate, it might lead to some huge eureka moments. Like, it's not just about the small changes sometimes. Sometimes you find something huge, or you find a, a mindset change, or, you know, whatever. So giving yourself that room, I think, is, is probably going to be really beneficial. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's it's completely different improving in your play and improving your tournament performance. Or like I think people very much mix it together, but it's very different things. That's why some people, you know, playing well in tournament and they're and then when they like complain or, or say like, you know, I, I play way better in friendly, it's like those are two very different skill sets, right? To be able to play under pressure and do the stuff that you're practicing is and to also handle how other people play in tournaments versus how people play in friendlies and that sort of tournament style is also very hard to you know only you can only get that practice from going to tournaments but you're not able to you know work on your own game as a result of like trying to adapt to both the pressure and the change in style that people you know subconsciously make when they're in tournament you know they'll they'll be a little bit safer they'll be a little bit more conservative and and that sort of sense right but also like a big thing i think is oh damn my thought like just ran away from me (laughs) uh tournament 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 yeah but oh i was gonna say but you know like you know especially in like the last few episodes where i was going to tournaments i'd come back to you know this podcast every week and be like yes like i had another crazy run or and so and so right And I think, like, you know, because of that, actually, I have sort of a little bit more ease of letting go and knowing that, like, I can get back to, like, 
where I'm able to handle that sort of tournament pressure and handle the tournament run and and that sort of thing. Right. So like it's it, because of like what happened like you know you know maybe a month and a half two months ago. There's a little bit more of a mental ease of letting that go for the sake of what I want to work on now, which is strictly gameplay and and game theory stuff. Right. Yeah, it's all different kind of modes and different things you got to kind of keep your eye on one at a time. Um, mm-hmm. Like developing those tournament nerves, like the way to practice that is, you know, going to locals and in, in anticipation of, you know, the bigger tournaments, the majors, the, the regionals, things like that. But yeah, the gameplay stuff can really be refined. And what's interesting is in this mindset, you can treat locals like those big tournaments in a way where the, they're, yeah. like the, they're the rare event you know in this season and so you know instead of going to a regional every other week it's just going to the local every other week or going and actually entering and then mm-hmm. using that time to kind of put everything you put together to the test and, and seeing if it actually comes together in that tournament mindset when people are playing to to really win and then that all kind of that all kind of works together in a way and the fact that it's a local it takes pressure off but at the same time applies it it's a good middle ground to test all these theories out um but also a good habit that you're in now which i hope becomes a lot more mainstream um it doesn't seem to be a a thing outside of new york but i I could just be mistaken but it's these one-on-one sessions that you're yeah. almost notorious for at this point, um, <laughs> along with the rest of the beer crew. It's it's definitely um, a lost art nowadays. It's just finding one person and saying, hey, like three plus hours, let's just grind. And I had, you know, last week I talked a little bit about playing with just Jason, but that's when you get a lot of improvement. And that's when you could watch a VOD of yourself and actually figure out like when your gameplay starts to slip what's one of the first things that goes and then you can really make sure that doesn't happen when it's actual crunch time like getting Mm -hmm. rid of those habits you almost need to you know because everyone our level can play really well for a certain amount of time Mm -hmm. but it's almost impossible to keep that up through the entirety of a tournament once it gets later in bracket opponents get more difficult the stakes get higher all this stuff you know cracking into that mindset takes a lot more effort a lot more friendlies and so yeah i i I can't recommend enough to anyone looking to improve their play or, or or figure out how to improve at all just play a lot with one person and see what you do near the end that makes you lose and that could be improved on first. Yeah, I really love that. And like, I want to explore that actually a little bit more, but it's also so manageable to just be able to invite one one person. Uh-huh. And I think the reason why it's also really helpful is because it's like focused practice. And it's not about like, sure, you need to practice like, you know, I need ICs practice, for example, because I don't really play ICs. But to be able to improve in a matchup, like in one matchup, and to like sort of know that workflow, and to also like see a plan that you know was working at the start that stops working in the middle, and to be able to change some of it 
towards the end even whether you win or lose like even to just make those adjustments and see how some of the adjustments worked and how some of the adjustments didn't work is something that you never get with like any you know without a one-on-one situation like friendly session you know i was right it's just impossible you know like at most like you know if i can't do like a 1v1 session like that you know i always ask for best of three rotations because at least then i'll get four games straight of being able to you know warm up and think and make adaptations if need be you know with a maximum of six games to be played but yeah i think that it's really important to hone that skill of like seeing yourself break down a matchup also right because once you can break down you know once you can break down one matchup you can really use the same process to break down other matchups you know maybe the rhythm and the speed of it and the combos and the timings are different but still the same concept of how you break down and do trial and error to for a matchup yeah and you know when you have really a good partner they'll challenge you to i'm sure you've you know you've seen it when we play or when jason or or beerman plays you like what was working in the first like 30 minutes stops working by like the first hour yeah and then what's and then it stops working again like by two hour mark then by the three hour mark and so you're constantly having your strategy shut down so having that sort of flexibility is something that you don't get with these sort of rotation sessions oh yeah and a lot of it is like a lot of a lot of improvement in melee is cementing concepts into good habits and intuition right so Mm -hmm. Everyone kind of knows, or everyone can can theory craft good shield pressure or the proper edge guard or, you know, strange combos starting at strange percents. Like, all that stuff can kind of be figured out ahead of time. But, you know, as you said, things that happen in the beginning that work for you stop working a couple minutes in or half hour in. You know, all these adaptations are what make the good players better than everyone else is that they understand these over time and from what i've seen and this is prominent a lot in the ultimate community actually when they when they talk about training um it's going through those cyclical you know counter picks and counter play not counter picks but yeah counter play type situations over a friendly session that's what that's what you learn is those, it, it takes that time, it takes that actual kind of long-term morphing of uh, a strategy session, and then you learn your mix-ups for tournament play. You kind of download that, it becomes intuition, and then you recognize those patterns in tournament. Like, that's the only real way, or one of the only real ways to, like, cement these high-level concepts and all these mix-up options. And that's really important. I mean... It, that's kind of what we're aiming for that's the whole goal of all of this is improvement you know there are people who kind of you know beer man's interesting because it seems like he could go the rest of his life without entering a tournament and still be completely fulfilled from his melee experience like it seems like he actually really gets a lot from these training sessions and feeling that level of improvement and that level of engagement of, of, you know, tight battles and all that, like, that's kind of 
a gold standard in a way of how to treat this game and a lot of times if i mean all the time let's say you take five hours to go to a tournament versus five hours of playing someone like you're getting eight times more games with the one-on-one session you know (laughs) yeah that's so true and you're also able to like make you know you're talking about mix-ups but we're also forgetting about like you know, there's so much defensive options in Melee too. Yep. I think, like, you know, a lot of the, you know, what gets put under spotlight are, like, the, you know, the pressure situations, the mix-ups, the offensive mix-ups. But, like, over a long session, you can actually, like, learn to recognize a habit and break it in, in one go if you're, yeah. like, lucky enough and focused enough. Like, I remember playing Hacks on Friday and, like, Every once in a while when I was, like, panicked, I'd, I'd still get caught by it. But, you know, we, we've talked about, like, sort of the idea of, like, the quote-unquote noob jump out of the corner, right? Uh-huh. And, and I used to get hit by it, like, way more at the start. Um, and we've done these, you know, 1v1 sessions before. But, like, on Friday, like, it was very clear to me that I would either get three-stocked if I could noob jumped, or if I just didn't noob jump, it would be, like, I would take it or it would be, like, a last sort of stock situation you know and i like then was playing with like gabe and vino and stuff and like i noticed myself purposely like calling myself out the second before i wanted to jump and then immediately just wave dashing out of shield and running through them mm-hmm. and it's like to be able to like a break like that's a, such a core bad habit to have and to be able to break it like in a in a in a day you know you know make that much progress in it is is really big and that's something that you'd never get in a in a tournament, you know? Yeah, that, that jump is the new age tournament winner, in a way. You it know, is, yeah. Tournament winner is a lot more rare, but people still jumping out of the corner. Yeah, but, and like, yeah. it's easy to miss, but if, you know, they're a very good player, they'll kill you for that. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I get caught with the same shit. And it's a really, really good example of exactly what we're talking about. It It takes a good amount of punishment to get these habits out because in the tour in, in a tournament like you might get caught with it but immediately your brain is like staying present you know if you're doing it right it's not even bad that it's hard to learn in tournament sets you know the proper mm-hmm. way to to really play is to like kind of yeah pick up on habits and try to uh, you know evolve with the set and all that but you're only playing five games max like there's not really that much you can learn in one tournament set it's really just about staying as present as possible and and dealing with what's in front of you. So these kind of larger concepts and these big habits, right? I mean, this is what we're saying. You gotta you gotta work on it through these practice sessions. And and I'm actually partial. If there's three people, I like rotating best of fives. I think that actually does it for me enough. Really, that's interesting. Yeah, I always suggest it. Um, and it's it's been pretty popular for the people i forced to do it but um it's just the more time like playing one one game i mean before a tournament like you got to do what you got to do like winter stays on get your games in that's different but when you're at someone's house and you have a few hours to really delve into it best of fives man rotating best of fives it's also the optimal way to stream getting a little off topic if you have three people Mm-hmm. Um, and you're doing a little stream, you do rotating best of fives, and then the one person um, who's not playing is uh, engaging with the chat. 
I like that idea. I, yeah. I do very much like that format. Though, I think best of fives are still a little too short if you have three people. Rotating what? best of sevens? No, I <laughs> I think I think you know I think the issue with best of fives in in front like it's both good but i think it serves different purposes right sure like making it like a set count sort of thing helps you it adds pressure it puts a little bit more on the line um even if it's rotating right like it's very hard to like not want to win the best of five right Mm -hmm. and i think that's very fair and like subconsciously even it happens but you know i think it's good if you want to practice that i think if it's like a pure friendly session i think what's best personally that you know i've done with beer man and jason is uh rotating like 20 20 or 30 minutes a session like 15 to 30 depending on like how tired the person is because like that point you can step it's like more of a timer based thing where you just try to get as many games as you can and and sort of make those adjustments without you know you know trying to win a match is very different from trying to improve a match you know you're so right yeah you're absolutely right yeah, because like, you know, trying to win is doing, you know, the things that you know will work and doing the things that you know that you can do to the best, right? It's maxing that out. But trying to improve it or like learn a match is inherently trying new things that might just get you killed for the first, you know, 20 games. Right, but it's necessary for the long-term improvement. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm totally on your side. It, they do practice different things. Um, rotating best of fives would be good for recreating a, a tournament environment going yeah that i mean stuff. we have beer finals for that for sure right yeah okay um, i'm on i got you i'm on your side yeah but can you imagine trying to like play a best of five but also trying to work on how to take laser against falco and then move accordingly right <laughs> like that would be so hard and frustrating dude right yeah no i'm with you and then you know it, it's also gets kind of weird if one person's playing to win the other person's playing to improve yeah that's, that's always kind of wish-washy not really the best way to do it um but no i'm with you I, i'll, I'll mm-hmm. concede defeat you know <laughs> you yeah, got yeah. me that's fair that's fair yeah. uh yeah don't don't at me jd <sighs> i guess we're fighting again will we are what happens we are but you know, maybe to make you feel a little better, what what's been on your mind? <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, besides trying to find a new job, it seems I think we're in the exact same point of a podcast of the episode where I mentioned this last time. Um, oh, that's funny. But the company I'm with is still not uh, looking too good at the moment, and Ooh. it's kind of it's kind of scary. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of frantically like putting together my resume. I'm gonna apply tomorrow to a job in manhattan um nice that might work out really well because um my mom has connections and it could be pretty cool i don't know if i mentioned i don't know what i mentioned so far but that's kind of um starting a process that might be a bit lengthy and so these next few months are going to be very transitional and and a slightly uncomfortable way but you know it's got to happen you know, I, mm-hmm. I can't just kind of coast forever. So that's on my mind, but I'm not too distraught about it, even though still my company's not, not doing too well. And I, you know, I feel bad for the owners. So that, that takes up a lot of headspace. And I'm trying to 
develop outside of that, you know, like mm-hmm. not be too much in self-preservation mode, still try to, you know, keep the wheels turning in a sense and, and still work on a lot of stuff. Um, but I've also been, I think I've been really good lately about um, more generalized self-improvement. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really focusing more, like I've been, I got my two days in the gym last week. I'm trying to get it back to three this week. Nice. Um, and I've been thinking a lot more about like nutrition and, and supplements going into the winter. Um, I have a gift for you actually, and I'll just tell you what it is. It's uh, Ooh. it's like this powder and oh, that's like, it's, um, it's it's called dopamine bean that's like the marketing for it but essentially mm-hmm. it's it's just um this this nutrient for your brain uh nootropic almost but it's uh natural oh that's and, so interesting and yeah and it's supposed to be really good for um winter blues type deals it kind of keeps keeps up some stuff that that's you know when the sun doesn't it's not quite like a vitamin d supplement but Mm-hmm. It does some of the same, uh, you know, characteristics. Um, so I'm kind of exploring a lot of that sort of stuff because I'm. <laughs> you could probably remember this conversation when we first started the podcast about uh, <laughs> how I do in the winter and all that. But I'm hyper aware of my mood and how it changes, and uh, I'm just trying to keep everything moving in a way that I don't get too derailed when the sun goes down and you know the mood seems to decrease with it you know mm-hmm. yeah of course i mean yeah i actually have some questions if you if you don't mind shoot you know let's hear them. you know we just had daylight savings so the, so nighttime's gonna come a little bit sooner <sighs> it's it's getting a little bit chillier and yeah so winter's coming and we know you know last year when we first started the podcast and stuff you were talking about you know like the a little bit of the winter winter blues so now sort of the time to prep for that so besides this like really cool you know powdered product which you know i'm curious to try haven't haven't tried it but you know are you doing other stuff to prep for the winter like are you going to get the lamp thing and yeah and that oh that's the first thing i was going to mention yeah that's on my 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 absolute wish list and i think i might try to negotiate with my girlfriend to get each other christmas gifts early since we're gonna benefit from them and the earlier the better but um definitely a a big priority is getting a a blue light lamp to kind of nice spice things up a little bit um i get a salt lamp too because why not I don't know. Yeah, why not? Why not? Get, get lamps. Get, just get a shit, bunch of lamps. Just a shitload of lamps. We're um, a lamp podcast now. Yeah, you know, we're lamping. I love lamp. And yeah. you know, I'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, it's it's really, I think, just where my head space is trying to kind of bunker down, but not in a defensive way, kind of like in a very proactive, sort of mm-hmm. like getting ahead of it sort of thing. Like, try to step up my nutrition and exercise as much as possible now when, you know, there's still positive vibes in the fall, like through Thanksgiving and stuff, Mm -hmm. just do my best to make that, you know, get a lot of inertia from that. And then, you know, in January, February, um, 
kind of reap the benefits, even if it slows down, like I could get as far through the winter as possible without, you know, succumbing to the, the crappiness. Cause it's hard to imagine now, but y- you know how, how it is being a New Yorker, you know, early February. <laughs> it's like, Oh God, dude, it's, it's like, this, is this ever going to end? It's, it's miserable. Yeah. And so, um, I'm trying to, I'm actually trying to start a new podcast with some of my high school friends. Oh, that's amazing, dude. Yeah. What, what is it? Melee? Another, are you nope. cheating on me? No, hell no. I'm not going to touch the time. This, this is all I need. Trust me. Um, right. But yeah, tell <laughs> me more about it. Um, yeah, it's, it's an idea we floated for a bit. Um, it's nothing serious. Like it's nothing that we expect to, it's kind of like the, the humble beginnings of how me and you started, right? It's, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to really incorporate the, the lesson and the, the success that I feel this project was really came from its intentions and the self-awareness we had of what's actually important. And so what I'm thinking with this new podcast and it, it, you know, when I lay it out like this, it really seems like a slam dunk. It's like, no one needs to listen to this for it to be valuable. All we need is just to record our conversations you know set up a format where we just all bring one topic that we talk about 15 minutes each there's four of us total so we just kind of that's that's it we take it as mm-hmm. an opportunity to like catch up and just you know talk to each other because we we are good friends and when we're 40 years old we're we would die to have recordings of our conversations and so just kind of stockpiling all of these and and doing it for the fun of it it's like there's nothing to lose and yeah of course now that i know how fucking easy it is to set this all up it's like download something get a microphone click three buttons and some very light editing and the amount i edit this i'm gonna edit the other one less so it's like just all of it lines up so well and and as i'm talking about it, it's getting me very excited um and i'm realizing like these are just the type of projects that I thrive off of, not necessarily just podcasts, but a project where I can, I, I don't need to turn it into anything. You know, it's, it's all upside no matter what. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the kind of thing, you know, we talk about stuff that gives you energy. Um, you know, this, this is a project where just kind of going through the, the processes of it, gives it's it's making me very excited and so um there's no timeline of when we're going to start my friends are pretty proactive so just kind of getting the ball rolling shouldn't be too hard mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it like that's that's the whole spiel that's i mean that's gonna be sound cool like is title pending yeah we um yeah we have to decide as a group mm-hmm. what that, that makes sense what, what it's going to be called, but I don't even think we're going to advertise it for the foreseeable future. Like we're going to make it, we're going to buy the pod. Like I like pod being a lot as a host just, mm-hmm. and we make decent money. We, we all have jobs. So we're just going to, you know, pay for that fee and um, just kind of crank them out. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if they even like doing it. Cause they're not, yeah. you know, they're not engaged in a project like this. So they might, not like it but i can't imagine it not being fun yeah i mean it just sounds like sorry about that 
um just sounds like couch talk and stuff which with like you know good high school friends like that sounds awesome and it almost feels like podcasts are like like the new thing you know right like because before and people still do right i'm not saying it's like outdated but right like remember when like photography like and everyone had like the cameras like back in the 90s and 80s and and before that like that was the sort of way to document your camcorders. adventures yeah camcorders and all that like yeah that was the way to document your your adventures of you know in your youth uh-huh. and it, it almost seems now that like at least for us it's it's for it's like the same thing but with podcasts yeah oh for sure and it's like there's a meme like there's a lot of jokes about um just you know 20 something year old white men like oh we, we need people to hear our opinions on these things like of course we no one needs another podcast but i think the framing of it is actually really important because um it's easy to mis like mistake a creative endeavor for um a source of income or, or, or some other nonsense that really pulls all the fun and joy out of it and so again this was a lesson i learned through the wannabes and something i'm going to be uh, hopefully carrying with me for a long time and through a, a lot of other projects that I do it's like something that is reliable something that brings you kind of together with a friend or in this case multiple friends and it's just a, a way to you know communicate and and put things out there that has value and then the the idea of preserving this part of our lives you know the whole concept of documentation and just like this is who I am at this moment, like put it out there. There's there's value to that too, and it's just all stuff that I know. Like even if we say some things that later on we'll like cringe at, you know, like I can't believe we spent <laughs> 15 minutes talking about like I don't know hairy vaginas or whatever the fuck we talk about, which I'm sure will come up, you know. Um, okay. <laughs> As your co-host, I'm being supportive. I appreciate okay. that. Um, but, you know, it doesn't matter what we talk about. It's just getting past all that nonsense, getting past the meme of it, and, and okay, haha, like, no one listens to us, whatever. Like, I, I'm, I'm happy I'm able to look past all the nonsense and, and see it for what it is, which is really just a way to keep connected with friends at a time where, you know, it's getting more and more difficult to do so you know yeah and it's so funny because we have so many more tools to be connected with people but it's it's just sort of a time thing that's that's the toughest right toughest part but yeah you're right i mean it it is a really cool thing to just be able to document this and like listen back and like you know sometimes even like I, i like scrolling through uh you know our old descriptions for each episode and being like oh yeah i remember talking about that like or like that was like the big thing that month for me and and that's that's really cool like especially when i like whenever someone asks me like i i was i saw an old friend of mine who like you know i haven't seen in like almost a year and he's like asked me what's up and like i you know i obviously told him about the podcast and he asked me where to start with and like i still remember like episode 14 hard yeah. truths like that that's <laughs> like that's like a great one to start off at you know yeah and 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 i think that's really cool to like look back at it plus on top of that we are more diverse than most podcasts because I'm Filipino. So let's go for that. That's true. Yeah, that's um, the only reason why I, I wanted to have you on. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we really need the diversity. Oh, it was, it was uh, essential. Yep. I mean, we're not diverse in that we're both green fox players, but that's yeah. um, that's something we don't talk about anymore. The privilege of that is not lost on us. Don't worry. No, I know, I know. Yeah, but but yeah, uh, man, talking that's... about privilege, actually. Oh, geez, really? Yeah. Uh, one of our good friends had the privilege to get flown out to a tournament this weekend. Oh, that was sick. All right, go on. Yeah, come on, trust me. Uh, um, yeah, so Nico, I think, you know, got flown out to House of Pain 2022. Yeah, 22. And he had an amazing run, so it makes sense for him to be our weekly shout-out. Yeah. He beat Boyd, Jake and Jake, and to make top eight, beat O'Reilly, and then had a almost reverse 30 uh, Moki in losers, and then also lost game five to Lucky on winner's side in winner's quarters. Yeah, and I mean, so, heartbreakers. You know, hard, heartbreaker of a set, both both the Lucky and the Moki set. I was watching it with uh, Gabe and Andrew and Jesse and, and Joan. We were all screaming when he got that incredible stitch combo game three, and then he just eviscerated Moki game four, caused Moki to just end the game early uh i know so sick bro he's so sick and it's so funny watching it with his friends because especially andrew and gabe they're such they're such asian parents with nico (laughs) you're like he could have just called out that with a float cancel up there like (laughs) why did he do that super critical but also just loves the shit out of him yeah exactly like super super uh what's the word for it like he like always rooting for them but like always criticizing him also it was super funny i'm like oh man like is this is this like what it's watch like watching asian parents uh from the outside for once and so but yeah no amazing run still i mean i know we wish he like could have beaten you know moki and lucky as well won the tournament and stuff like that but like you know he got flown out to a tournament one of the best midwest tournaments out there honestly mm-hmm. you know which is an honor for sure and and it's really cool right to be able to be flown out for the game that you love but also to do well and place fifth and you know like fingers crossed but like I, you know i think it solidifies like a good year for nico yeah well yeah we can't we can't jinx it we won't say the uh forbidden yeah number, no, but we're just keeping our fingers crossed yeah, so but... all listeners just keep your fingers crossed nico aka ryo beat um we had the pleasure of having him on our podcast, and um, fun fact, he's been in the top episodes, top ten episodes uh, since it came out. In oh, terms really? Of That's high. Per yeah, per thirty days. So people are consistently. I mean, Ryobeat with he's very um, very outspoken in a very in a positive way. I mean, politically yeah. and and socially, he's always taking a stand for the right things and it's really cool that yeah oh absolutely um really a pillar of of a lot of important um topics and and conversations that he'll he'll happily carry the banner on but it's always cool seeing um the fans of someone come out and to have them really deliver on a national stage like that it's 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 really like the culmination of of why we love the community and why we try so hard and, and fight for other people. It's, it's a fight for your friends, you know? And, um, and it, it's just awesome seeing Nico kick ass like that. So easy, easy shout out for this week. Also very, very well earned too. You know, oh, yeah. like 
Yeah. So, I mean, so that was super sick. But, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, you know, we, we I've known Nico Ryobi for the longest time, so I'm just really happy for him. I guess all I can say now is Ryobi for, for 2020. Yeah. Well, I, uh, that, that puts a target on his head, for me at least. I'm, I'm coming after Nico at Hax's nightclub, <laughs> you know, because he bopped you me last always... time. I know you always love issuing challenges for our weekly shoutouts. Yeah, ever absolutely. since ever since day one, ever since Miso, ever since the first shoutout to Miso, <laughs> you're like money match me if you're listening. Well, do you know what happened? <laughs> what I, I I put a um, last time I did that for Big Kid, and then I beat him. Oh, okay. So maybe it's a tradition. I'm not thing. afraid, dude. I'm not afraid to issue challenges. That's that's why we do this shit, bro. I know, I know. It's just very funny. It's just very funny. It's like that random Evo guy where I think like Mar- they won Marvel or won Street Fighter, and then someone jumped the stage and was like, "Challenge me." <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, this happened at like Evo a few years ago. I think if someone won Thug either... Finals. No, it was a straight Thug Finals. Like someone won like Evo big stage. Uh, like 20 must must have been like 2016 or 17 and and someone won i think it was either street fighter or or marvel and then and then someone just jumped the stage and was like play me did they play after him? grand finals no of course oh. he got escorted out by security but but you you have the same big energy <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't like that comparison <laughs> hey hey i'm not the one making the rules here it's just the most like socially unaware thing you could possibly do. <laughs> it's just, just storm the stage, demand oh, demand counsel with the winner. Yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying though. Look, Nico, I want to talk about that set right before we log off. Just yeah, of course. The past, the past, like however many sets against Nico, and he would say this too. He just would be confused about how to how to play against me, and it's it's a style thing, you know. Yeah. Um, very, I'm very comfortable against Peach, my main training partner, all that. Yep. And so, the last time we played, he figured it out. He 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 just pulls turnips. Yeah. And then does the rest of the Nico stuff. Obviously, I mean, he's he's incredibly skilled, in, you know, tech skill and and combos hit like a truck. But just put a turnip in his hand, and all of a sudden the entire game changes, and he played it well. It wasn't like he just took turnips and then forgot how to play the game. Like he, he did everything with them well and, and all that. And now I'm like, as soon as the game ended, I'm like, dude, you finally did it. Like I didn't want to tell you, <laughs> but that has been the, the counterplay. And now we could actually play melee whenever I see you. It's just so hilarious. Like it, there, there's not a lot of matchups that can be solved with just something so, blatant not blatant that's not that's not the right word like just having a turnip versus not having a turnip it's just like night and day and you don't expect it in that matchup but the way i play the matchup it changes everything that's all i needed to say it was just it was uh it's a new era now you know yeah of course it is a new era uh that's why ryo beat for 2020 I'm still gonna beat him. Anyway, um, any final thoughts? What are, what are you doing this upcoming week besides maybe not going to New Hampshire? Yeah, I, I probably won't go to like the Massachusetts Mass. New Hampshire border. 
It's like basically New Hampshire. Um, I'm let's see. I'm gonna try to play with Guava on Tuesday. He's been wanting to play. I, I definitely want to get some of that peach practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I'm gonna try to play with. I'm one of my big goals is actually like playing with hacks once at least once a week Uh-oh. moving forward. Uh, just because it's like sick fox ditto sessions. We're both, you know, we both are like talking and theory crafting the ditto, talking about how to improve, looking, you know, pausing sometimes to look at frame data and then like I'll ask questions. He's very helpful with that too. And it's a really good, good like back and forth sort of situation too. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and then aside from that, working and, and going to the gym and doing all of that healthy stuff. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, we'll keep each other yeah. accountable. Yeah, what about you? Um, yeah, I'm just trying to have a, a baller week. I think I want to go to Hex's nightclub. I'm not I'm not confirmed yet. I'm like 80% confirmed just because it's always a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And good melee. And, you know, I, I can... I, if I want to truly optimize, I have public transit to like either write or, or study VODs or something. So I, mm-hmm. I'm just really motivated to like take this week on. Um, and... You know, this is gonna be the first week I got my whiteboard up, so I'm gonna try to put in some good results. And uh, one thing I didn't mention about the whiteboard is, at the end of the week, I rate myself. I, oh, I, really? I, yeah. That's interesting. For each of the categories, I um, give myself a rating out of ten, and then a, mm-hmm. a meta rating. So to kick it off, I, I want to get like a meta rating of like an eight or a nine. And mm-hmm. this is all subjective. Like this should mean nothing to you. <laughs> it's just complete numbers pulled out of my ass, like for me, by me, like whatever. But um, I think whenever I start something like this, if I start strong, that that always carries me pretty well. So yeah, I'm motivated to hold myself accountable. Um, maybe get a new job. Um, maybe get some some hashtag gains. Mm-hmm. Keep playing. Keep playing melee. Uh, yeah, just kick some ass, dude. Let's fucking awesome. do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, that's awesome, dude. I think one last thing is, uh, you know, won't say names, but also working on some a very special one v one coming soon. Oh shit! So, so, so that's gonna be exciting. So keep a lookout for my next personal one v one. I know. I know you're cooking up something too, so yeah, a little dude. teaser for then. Yeah. Oh, well, how often do we end on such a high note? Look at us. Yeah, I know. That, that's what happens. That's what happens now. Yeah. Well, this hour flew by. It's always fun, man. And, yeah, it's always uh, been a pleasure. And, uh, yeah. All right. We'll talk soon. Yeah, that, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Good shit. I'll see you. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, see ya.